Hey, this is Nick Romolini, and welcome to another episode of The, the Blank, Blank Page. Page. Today's episode is part of a new series I'm going to try out, entitled Phone Calls. It's so titled because these are recordings of phone calls. <laughs> Clever. Today's phone call is with Jason Rogers. Jason's my creative soulmate and my best friend. We're in a band called Friendo. We're playing Cake Shop in New York in two weeks. We're also developing a show called I Love You, Friendo. So stay tuned for that. I'll put some links to where you can find Jason in the show notes. This was recorded back in October, and it's being released sometime in December. And I apologize because... Probably some of what was discussed was more relevant then than it is now, but this is how things go, and it took me a little while to get it edited. Also, pardon the nature of the audio quality, but this is how phone calls go. Also, I was out for a hike at the time, so there are moments where I'm just desperately out of breath, so forgive that. Thanks. Just a tiny bit of context, Jason grew up a town over from me, and he was friends with a lot of kids who went to my high school. He went to New York, where he became a photographer, and he was in New York ever since. He moved more full-time to the Hudson Valley sometime in 2020, and his partner Paul recently got a job in Philadelphia. And so they've been spending a bit more time in Philly, which prompted a lot of what we talk about on this phone call. Jason appears in a lot of my writing. I know, I know, my writing. You have not read any of it yet. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get it published. And in the meantime, I'm trying to figure out what I can break out or what new pieces I can write and upload to a Substack or somewhere that you could read something. I'm also thinking about reading excerpts of the essays that I've written. So if that's something that would interest you, reach out and let me know. Most of you have my cell phone number, so just text me. Um, and if you don't, you can DM me on Instagram or you can email me. I think there's an email link somewhere. 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 I'm not quite sure. But you can fucking figure it out. I really, really believe in you. If you like what you hear, please help me out and subscribe wherever you're listening to this show. Leave a rating, leave a review. Tell your mother about the show. Your mother loves vulgarity and vulnerability. And that's what we're all about here on the blank page. So anyway, without any further bombardment of words, here is the first episode of Phone Calls. This call is being recorded. Phone call. This call is being recorded. So I, so I call my dad, right? And, yeah. um, and he's like, you know, how's work going or whatever. And so I'm like, well, it's slow. You know, I got I to gotta do like the whole capitalist explanation for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't like the way that started. I fucked that up, man. I'm like already Dude, trying to shut perform. up. You are not becoming aware of the fact that we're recording. I refuse to let you do that. Like. That is the beginning of our end with this shit. The minute one of us becomes aware, it's over. Like, you're not recording. <laughs> Just shut up and tell me this fucking story about how you have to go show your tits to everyone so that you can get a job. So, 
which by the way, again, the capitalist dance, I just got booked through the end of November and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, dope, I feel like I can actually sleep again at night because yeah, yeah. Friday uh, was going to be my last day. And then fucking, you know, who knows what comes next. I'm totally making again. diamonds in your butthole after that. For like Dude, all <laughs> Because obviously all the people I've ever worked with never want to work with me again. The second they all hate you, that's why they've out, never they called me. you. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's why you were so available. Slow. Precisely. Yeah, I wouldn't be this available if they didn't fucking hate me and think my work was garbage <laughs> and think I was uninteresting. Dude, the job I just did at the end, the other person who's Paul's counterpart was like, I know you got picked because you were his boyfriend, but you're really the perfect person for this job. Wow. Wow. He's just like, I'm going to flag the nepotism. But also, you were perfect. <laughs> She's like, I thought in the end, you were actually perfect. Like, we really only picked you because you were the boss's partner. <laughs> That's fucking great. But yeah, like, the whole thing about the Philly vibe is just, it's about becoming more entrenched into like adulthood too, or being like excited that that opportunity is still available. Because I think because we live in these big cities where you can't buy a house, you can't be a person, like being 20 years old forever is more applicable, which is probably why you struggle with it more. Cause you have like kids and a wife and like these realities of, that pull you out of that 20 year old urban dweller energy. And you sent me that video of that, like those kids playing music in their gar- in their basement, you know? Oh my God. The garage band in South Philly. And I was like, it was weird. <clears throat> I was like resentful in a way. Cause I was like, I'm, you're just, you're just seeing this now, but yeah. I was living that 15 years ago. No. And I, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. I, I like, I playing that music. I knew I you were like, I saw you down there and, and right. you know, what's so cool about this place more than LA and more than New York is that because people don't flood here because it doesn't have this huge yuppie or hippie or hipster flood of people, things don't change that quickly. And I'm sure my experience is even more in Baltimore, but like there's not a huge turnover. Like, yes, there is gentrification. And yes, I'm sitting at 16th and Tasker living in a doctor's house. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, like things don't change that much. There's so much nostalgic shit everywhere here and it's so wild and not only is there like weird shit on people's like front doors that or old Halloween for sure that I remember as a kid but there is a 20 year old garage van playing in the basement of a South Philly home you know what I mean like that's possible it's still possible yeah Yeah, Yeah. I remember it's funny because I remember like 2004 2005 Back when, like, because, you know, there was, that, there was those several years where I was in New York all the time. Like, yeah, I was dating. You lived there. Jen lived there. Like, I was there all the time. Chinatown yeah. bus, you know, constantly. And I remember I would come back to Philly. And it's funny because this was a conversation I had with my dad. I don't know. It keeps coming back to my dad. And I was like, awesome. dude, I was like, I just can't fucking deal with how slow things move here and how like a business has just been shut down and it's just an empty building for all this time. I was like, yeah, in New York, there's all this action. It's nonstop no, turnover. Right. It's like something closes, something reopens. Like he's like, cause you know, he would ask me why, why I thought I wanted to move there. And like, that was a big reason was like the energy. It just feels so, it can feel so like soporific in Philly where it's just like, 
everybody's kind of sleepwalking. Everything just stays as it is. I mean, of course, in the 10 years since I've been to LA, that's changed dramatically. Obviously, it's like, no, and also like crazy. And like, there's a target on Broad Street, you know, South Broad Street. (laughs) No, and totally. And and we changed. But we changed. Yes, it's true. Nostalgia becomes more crucial to us. You know what though, dude? Like, and when and I like had this moment that was like, oh my god! Like, we've been friends. This little three of us sitting here at a restaurant in Philly. Like, this has been going on for twenty years now. Like, what was that diner we, we used to go to in Center City? Little Mid Pete? City too. Little no, what wasn't there like Little Pete's or something like that in in? Oh, we used in, to do Little Pete's, but Mid Mid City or whatever those diners were. They had three of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to go to those a lot. And actually, we walked past, there's a, there's like a new temporary, like, living space in, in the neighborhood called Saunders that used to be part of WeWork, but it's in the building where that really (laughs) gross gay bar used to be called Bump. Like, that's where I met Nick Romolini. Like, we walked right past it. Dude, I remember um, those martinis at Bump. Yes, it was like Wednesday, Wednesday martini night or whatever. They were like a dollar, whatever. Totally like two dollars or one dollar. Two dollars. It was like he was super sweaty and wearing a red shirt, and I was like, all of that checks out. I still have that shirt. It still has pit stains. Like I still have that shirt, dude. I'm gonna wear that shirt the next time I see you. <laughs> maybe, dude. That maybe summer, your bo dude, could dude, act as a time machine and take you back in time. <laughs> bo time machine. Work. That was the summer, dude. That was the summer I turned twenty-one. Like that summer was insane. Like that was you the remember? You got that giant check, yeah. Well, the check was gone already. Was the thing. <laughs> the money was gone because I got the money in February. I turned twenty-one in March. The money was gone by May. It was like oh my God. grand. It was supposed to be my housing for like three years. God, that is crazy though. Know, that you made fifteen grand last from March to. June. That's like a one month in our experience now. Now, yeah, of course. But like then, dude, I was I would just like buy brunch daily. I would go to Tuesday brunch. It was obscene. <laughs> it was obscene, and just like drink four <laughs> Guinnesses. <laughs> oh my like, god, that was so awesome, food. dude! It was in yeah. wild time. I loved it. It was it's so, what I remember when I walk around here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's the era. I mean. Around there, yeah. for me. Around there, like, walking in the neighborhood and stuff. Although, I also worked at that restaurant at 10th and Spruce, like, after I that time. That. And dude, then, I went and met Katria, dude. What? <laughs> yeah, we're going to Tria. Yeah, we're meeting in, for a glass of red at Tria. <laughs> it's, where is it? Oh, yeah, 13th and Locust. <laughs> yeah. I literally... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be mean. I think it's Bruce actually, but I'm being mean. It's 18, but yeah, the the whatever, dude. You're not being mean. That thing is real. That voice is real. That reality is real. It's so funny to see like Center City Philadelphians that like dress super corporate and put together. It's just like watching white trash people put on like a musical. You know what I mean? Oh my like, god! I just don't believe any of it. Oh my god! It. Like, no, I can't. <laughs> No, that's brutal. <laughs> it's like really upscale Philadelphia people. It's like an oxymoron in its own reality. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's cool to go to a local bar in South Philly and see a bunch of guys 
wearing Eagles, Phillies, and Flyer gear all in one outfit. That makes sense. <laughs> but when you see someone walking into a corporate building that's completely, like, done up and this guy who thinks he's so fucking Wall Street and he lives in Philly, it's like, it's so funny. Like, that's, like, that is true American psycho to me, but like, you know? But, like, it, 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 but it's become cosmopolitan in those yeah. 17 years since we were, you know, getting wasted at bump. You know, like totally, and listening to Ratatat, absolutely, exactly. But so. it's kind of crazy, and I don't know, man. Like, also, just all the realities of not being the youngest person on a job anymore, and things like that for me are so funny. Like, when I meet all these younger people, I start hiring them, and they start telling me, you know, I think, I think to your, to the point of the conversation you started about your own perspective of Philly versus New York and thinking of it as like a one horse town. I think the yeah. cool thing about the youth here or the 20 something creative is that they actually don't believe that they really do believe that everyone is truly neurodivergent and that their brain can't handle all the New Yorkness. They can't create shit under that pressure, under that guise, under that fake shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, projecting fussiness as an attempt to seem creative or prolific like Kanye. You know what I mean? Like these kids seem to kind of understand that they are, they need a simpler life to make the shit they want to make. And they're not going to rush off the 99 miles on New Jersey transit to just be in the center of the cool kids. You know what I mean? Like, Like they have a bit of an appreciation for how much of this place is just a little bit behind. And I'm really well, yes, like, I agree. I'm with that. Holy it's like, shit. Like I left for 20 years to come back to really learn that lesson. But also like some of these people don't know how to make great hair and makeup or what a great model is right. or what great that's style the, is. You know what I mean? The other I'm so thing. glad I yeah. left and came back. But now I feel like a superhero here in the coolest way. So in the 10 years that I've left, you know, it's given me the exact perspective that you're talking about. Like I go on Instagram, right? And there's a few people on there, I'm panting because I'm walking up this hill. Um, there's a few people on Instagram, this guy, heavy slime, who's like a graphic artist, prints t-shirts and shit. And there's this other guy, hoagie Dom, and he makes what looked like the greatest fucking hoagies I've ever seen in my life. And I'm always desperate for the greatest fucking hoagie. But, um, I wonder after 10 years of struggling in Los Angeles, what it would have been like if I just really dove head first into what I wanted and become yeah. what I thought I could have been there. But again, for me at least, that never would have been possible because no, I, I always agree. would have felt the fucking crabs in the barrel trying to pull me back in. Totally. And whether those crabs in the barrel my or not, or like if my, you know, mental fucking fortitude could have tried to transcend those voices and, you know, yeah, personalities. That's neither here nor there. Like I needed to leave in no, order absolutely. to become a thing. You you had to run. Like you literally had to just run. like you. Like I feel the exact same way. Yeah, and there's it no... just took me like ten more years to realize that I needed to run and three thousand miles. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like it's 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 I couldn't have stayed. I wouldn't have this perspective if I had stayed. And also, I'm so glad I left. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I think it all makes sense what it is, but it's ironic that you say all this because that was kind of where when I landed, cause we were missing the Samantha of our group. Like we needed you, you know what I mean? Like we right. were like, 
it would have been great that the four of us would have been there and like we were both we were all like lamenting that idea and being like that's amazing do you think he would ever move back and like we were like i don't know if he would but like you know what's so crazy you and i are so similar and he has this long beautiful friendship with both of us and it kind of doesn't matter that you are straight and i'm gay and he's gay i mean obviously our dynamics play into that but really it's like you and i are this one kind of energy creatively or or just energetically and this yeah. other kind and i never understood what he was trying to get at with his hometownness or his don't examine your emotions so much don't be so introspective don't it's almost he i, I imagine he thinks our introspection is almost like narcissistic you know nauseatingly over, so i'm sure yeah and we overwhelm our own circuits and right. i think what Which is what true. the pandemic yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. And I think for me, because I left New York versus you be staying in LA, like I got out of my own neurodivergence <laughs> with New York and broke the cycle a little bit. So I yeah. started to realize like everyone is fucked up and sick. And because my thing about New York was so outside, your thing with LA is so inside your house almost, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways. That's LA. I mean, and that's like, LA. That's LA. That's the difference between New York and LA. God, we're like hitting all the points. But like, there's definitely this thing about where someone like who's a little bit more, you know, relaxed or I, I almost kind of realized like is more like big picture, which is really awesome and amazing. And that's kind of what he's what he brings to it and something you and I are like, we're just more zoomed in but, on ourselves, like on to, our lives, on our energies. But like, yes, by definition, our personalities are very much like, is that you? There's a, there's a guy like, you mean like the buzzsaw? Yeah. Yeah. There's a buzzsaw. I also see a lantern <laughs> fly on the ground. I heard about those. I heard they're fucking invasive. See, it's it. not all fucking sunshine and rainbows in Philly. No, no, I there's four like, dead lanternflies here. In there? Yeah, you hear me? There's these, yeah, yeah, there's these spots in this hike where the phone goes dead. And so Makes sense. If, I'm just, if I'm just talking to you on the phone, I just like pretend that I heard what you said and then pick back up when it, when it resumes. But if we're recording phone calls, you know. Um, you got to, yeah, I do the exact same thing to you, by the way. <laughs> I figured there's stuff that just goes out into the ether that maybe you needed to say that maybe I didn't even need to hear. And exactly. I mean, this it. is what, it, and then it comes back in for like the last couple words, and you're like, okay, I get probably maybe where this went and where it came back to. This is why we're creative soulmates. You understand? That. Um, it's, the, it's like we use our people pleasing and our creativity at the same ratio. <laughs> But I think there's like, yes, there's, I have a myopic view of life. Like I'm, yes. I'm hyper analytical of every precise moment and every nuance and every facial expression and everything. And some people are not, some people yeah. are just okay to just exist and be like, these are the bigger picture things that I want. And this is right. the bigger picture of my life. And right now I'm stoned on the couch watching a movie and that's fine. I don't have to feel every single feeling in my body right now, you know? Or question my place in it. But I also think all of that is so trauma-based at the end of the day. And Is yeah, it so? Is it trauma-based or yeah. is it Pisces or is it ADHD or is it sensitivity that's like just I mean, preternatural? Not, 
not being sure of where your place is or what your value is is something that comes from childhood, you know? Fine. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's right. how I see it, but, but at the same time, and, and seeing someone like who doesn't have that sort of anxiety and, and you know what, what I was going to just wrap up about all of that and seeing them and, and, or like communicating with someone who is more big picture is like that. He just was sort of like in this sense of, you know, we were talking about you, we were talking about you having kids and married and how you and your wife are both from Philly and your kids are actually like Californians at this point. And I, and I immediately was like, I think that is really important to them. And they were like, do you think that he would ever move back? Do you think him and Sam would ever move back? And, and I was like, I don't know. But, but at, at the end we were like, all of us, me being cold plunged back into this, like with, with no choice, but also <laughs> yeah. then realizing this huge value to it from being from here and going out into the world and then coming back here. Now right. the opportunity I'm having where I did like a creative job and I made like my full New York day raid in Philadelphia and what that felt like and all these ideas. But we were like, sort of like, we wish Nick could even like accept coming. Like you almost wouldn't come back here now in this part of your life. Cause you just couldn't, you know what I mean? Right. It's not about geography. It's not about logistics. It's not about, it's not about anything besides like what you've left to do and whether you feel like that's done yet. You know, that I think work that's is done. Right. I think it's absolutely yeah, right. And, and, it's but funny. at the same time, the big picture person in our conversation was sort of like, who knows you very well was sort of like, I wish that you, Jason, now that you've left New York, now that your neurodivergence has been like the cycle is broken <laughs> with New York, and you sort of have this, like, you got on this farm and you got real quiet with your being, like, you sort of came to this conclusion, like, I have a great partner, I have a great life, I have a house, I have chickens, I have, I have a career, like, I have creative output, like, I'm, I'm good. And that, that is something that I kind of learned from this experience. And I feel like that was, the, that was like the big takeaway from the big picture friend of yours was sort of like, I wish Nick could have realized that he's good. You know what I mean? And, and that he could sure. be anywhere and be anyone and still be himself. And like that, and, and there's an element of, of you in both of our answers or assessments of your existence. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. Like you're, I, you're not done doing your Homer, your Odyssey, your Odyssey is not done. You can't go back, you know? Well, and I think but at like, the same time, what keeps you running what keeps you going, what keeps you out there, what keeps you 3,000 miles away from where you grew up, but also podcasting about the place you grew up in continuously and how you encounter people far away that also have energies of your homeland is that you just want to keep, you want to keep this going. You want to keep the running going, the, the journey, the, the excitement, you know? Yeah. I mean, first of all, like, I feel like it I, just from a very heartfelt place, like I feel very, love to know that like yeah. you guys actually were talking like it's like because sometimes i'm like i always do this thing where i'm like what if these people don't love me as much as i love them you know and it's yeah. like it makes me feel like validated that maybe that's not true to know that like you know you guys no, are like, I have talking that. about me in that capacity right of course you do and so i could tell you about it but there's a few <laughs> things to say about that like first of all i find it hilarious that not hilarious but like <clears throat> there is some irony to the fact that like you went to new york for 20 years however, 18 years, the pandemic happened, you moved upstate to New York. Now, all of a sudden, a job brings you back 
to Philly and the, or a job brings your partner back to Philly. And now you're succeeding at this level that you've never succeeded before. And it's happening yeah. like in Philly and also from afar, you know, it's like, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Like, and to your point of like, I could be this idea of success, like anywhere I wanted to be like the success like, that you already are. That's what he, that was the biggest point is like, right. you've already done so much with your life. You moved, you started a family, you moved with someone from here. You have two kids. Right. Like you have a solid career, your book, you know, like right. yes, agreed. Like neither of us have achieved any of the alleged things that we know are going to happen. You know what I mean? And that yes, we, the 100%. level we want to hit and they're, they're coming. But that is they're like, coming. that's just home runs. Those are just, just all home runs from now but on. I just don't you know. know what I mean? I, yeah, I know. I know. We've already hit all the fucking singles. Like we're good. We're exactly. good. Bases are loaded. Yeah. It's fine. But exactly. like, there's a, there's a few things to that where it's like, first of all, yeah, I, there's certainly an element at least right now in my life where I'm not leaving this fucking place until I yeah. get to where I think I, I, where I think I belong until yeah. I achieve the things that I might not have even realized I set out to achieve when I first moved here, but I Same. will not fucking, I will not leave here until that happens. That's what I'm saying right now. And that may change, you know, but the, but the other thing that like is left out of the context of this conversation is that, it's really fucking nice here. Like I love living yeah. here. Like earlier yeah. you were talking about like, you're not sure if you want to like commit to Philly yet, like live a fucking winter there, live a summer yeah. there, like go to these places and live the extremes of the weather. Like I joked about this recently, but like, I don't want to scrape ice off my fucking windshield ever again. Yeah. I don't think like I want to go to the beach this weekend and I can do that. And like, it won't be crowded like it is in July. And like, there's just all these elements of life here that, you know, I, I still romanticize California in this really, really deep way that I can't separate myself from. And like, yeah. it's funny because my son, Louie, the other day was like, I don't know, he was talking about buying a house, you know, because she's seven, he, you know, whatever. He was talking about like... He hears all of it, yeah. Yeah. And like, we talk to him about everything. We've always talked to him just right. like a person. So like, he's, you know, um, which I have to tell you something else about him, but that I'll save that for later. But he was talking the other day, he was like, dad, why, you know, can we buy a house in, in our neighborhood? And I was like, no, probably not right now. I was like, not yet. You know, because I'm always like, not yet, because I'm certain that I will be able to at some point in my life. Yeah. It's just not right exactly. this minute. And he's like, I was like, you know, we could buy a house somewhere like Philadelphia you know, I was like, they're, they're much more affordable there and blah, blah, blah. I told him the whole thing. And he was like, he was like, and then like another conversation happened later and we were talking about LA again. And he was like, yeah, he was like, we could live in LA or we could move somewhere like, I don't know, Philadelphia or yeah, we totally. could move to like Cape May, you know, where my parents live. And like, so to hear him say that, it's like, yeah, maybe the fucking door is open for my whole family to move back. But like, he also doesn't understand the reality. Like he doesn't understand the value of the fact that he can literally play outdoors like 340 days out of the year. And like for yeah. a kid growing up, I think that's huge. The flip side of that, however, is like, is that realistic? Like, should I be teaching him what it's like to live through a gritty fucking Baltimore winter or a gritty South Philly winter where like, you know, you put on your boots and then suddenly you step in an, a, a puddle of like freezing water and now your socks are wet. Like, I don't know. 
Like, is this, yeah. is this like, is this like semi-utopian reality not appropriately setting him up for, for like what the world is like, or is this exactly what he should be set up for? Yeah, like, totally. Exactly I mean, what, definitely know? like, definitely like, you know, like everyone I know who's our age, who is from California originally, like they live in California now. Like they never right. don't, they don't not end up there. You know, I, just I, like, I yeah, that's the thing. Know how like, you that, leave. Like, I don't know how you leave after yeah. you're here. I don't yeah. get it. I mean, even if yeah. you come from somewhere else, like, you know, you're talking about these friends of ours who lived out here for a really long time. Like, there yeah. has to be such a strong pull of your roots and your family and whatever it is culturally that, that, that pulls you back to where you're from. Because even me, I'm like, I could talk about it, how much I miss Italian hoagies and fucking spaghetti and meatballs at Ralph's in South Philly, but, like, I still know the reality. Like, I know the reality of being in the Philadelphia airport in August and walking past those bearded bros in their Eagles jersey eating at Chickies and Pete's in the fucking airport and thinking about, like, mm-hmm. how those people made me feel or how I felt as a result of being around those people. Yeah. And what, and what I pretended I was and what I, what I was scared to show I was, you know, like, yeah, I feel, like it's California you know, is your sanctuary. It kind of feels that way in a lot of ways. And then I also feel super alienated because I'm, yeah, fucking, no, I mean, you know, that's what I'm I mean, I am. as, as people, you know, I think, <laughs> I think statistically your podcast would be now, you know, considered a Northeast podcast. Based on its view, its <laughs> listenership. Oh, for sure. Because oh, for sure. You essentially just communicate what it feels like to be someone from the Northeast who lives in LA. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, for all of us listening to that back here and meeting up IRL, like we're like, all oh, this guy talks about is Philadelphia. You know what I mean? And and I, yeah. but that makes so much more sense. And I think you're so right. Like I never ever considered the lifestyle. Like, I, I did because I never lived there. I mean, I think, like, right. I think that, like, also it is funny. I, I don't know why the way in. I do know, actually. I know why the way in right now to the podcast is Philadelphia. It's because that's been the way into my writing. It's because going to Las Vegas and seeing my mother and seeing my 90-year-old grandfather and knowing, like, his history, it just opened this whole fucking box up. And then going back to Philly in January for that funeral. And then going back to Philly again in August for that funeral by myself. Like, it has churned all this stuff up of, like, why am I here right now? Why am I in L.A.? Why am I not in Philly? Who am I? How did this place Who am shape I? me? How did this place shape me? And like, and, like, what have I been able to become by leaving this place? And so, yeah. like, yeah, it is, it is weird. I, I guess I do talk about Philly quite a lot. But, um, no, no, I think it's, I think it's cool. I actually, I have so much of a relationship to that kind of discourse, uh, like internal discourse. And I think so many of the people who listen to your podcast do, but like, also I feel like every being back here and having lived in New York, but then finding like this really, you know, this home in Brooklyn have realized that now that I'm back in Philly is that I think everything I think was so special or unique about Brooklyn was actually totally Philly, but because I just hated my childhood so much 
I just ran from all of it and labeled it all one box and put it in the attic. Not right. even considering that this idea of where, where white people fit into an urban landscape is much more Philadelphia than New York. Like in New York, white people mean like gentrification or, you know, non-assimilation or people from somewhere else coming into a neighborhood. And in Philly, it's not like that. You know, like you have a place here. There's low-income people across every racial spectrum here. Yeah. That's something I just I, never had um, realized was something that I got from this place. Like, the who am I part of this, you know? And Zoolander looking here, in the fucking puddle. Exactly. <laughs> who am I? God? <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Sorry, like, you really I, No, no. I mean, that's that was the point. It's just like... Yeah, I think it's essential to come back here and, like, dig through stuff. But also, I think as we're both on these odysseys, like, it is about decoding ourselves through the environments rather than the other way around. You know what I right. mean? And, yeah. And sort of, like, utilizing this intense, nearly narcissistic self-reflection against nostalgia, against current lifestyle, against dreams against egoic desires you know what i mean and just sort of like working through that and said other people who maybe didn't experience so much trauma maybe are not you know astrologically aligned with it or neurodivergent sort of right. don't have this seem this need to sort of you know push themselves to this extreme limit like living in hot water when you're from cold water right <laughs> no it's insane it's insane it's insane i mean the way it's the only way you feel though it's the only way the you feel it's an addict personality you it's know it's a hundred percent addict personality it's it's a hundred percent and what i realized is like i just need to i mean i'm finally realizing that i need to just shift the addiction um and yes yes and i think that's exactly what the conversation was essentially about is because i had some sort of insight from the pandemic completely kicking me out of the hot water yeah that it, that i could join in this experience with two other people who don't ever feel that sort of like need right. to run. They never and feel I, like the cutlet in the fucking oil. No, you know? they're like, they why sit in hot way. water? You fucking idiots. You right. know what I mean? And I'm like, you Just don't get, get out. It. I don't Just feel. Get out. I know. Yes. And I'm like, I don't feel unless I'm sitting in boiling <sighs> hot water like you. And, I but I had that little edge to it that, that like, in the end, you realize that whether you live in California and you're from Philadelphia or you're from Philadelphia and you run in Brooklyn for 200 years and you end up back here, that it's all internal. Everything is internal. Of course it your, is. Your desire for success, what success means, what creative success, success means. I mean, yeah, of course you could afford a house if you make, you know, a Marvel movie. Right. But like at the end of the day, like when you realize you're enough, is today you know what i mean or tomorrow well, and, or whenever you and decide also, like, that i'm i'm ne i'll never make a fucking marvel movie which you know but like the Dude, i understand we're gonna make a fucking marvel saying. movie together we're the new cohen's <laughs> brothers we're the gay straight best friend duo that makes stranger things 30 we're definitely doing that like i i need that money i'm like binge watching old wb shows just to reboot them with a gay twist so I can just buy my house and my neighbor's house and my other neighbor's house, you know? Regardless, what I was getting at is that, well, I'll never be able to make that shit unless, until I realize that today I'm enough. Yeah. Like I won't, I can't, 
strive for that. The, the striving will all be in vain if I don't yes. just accept the fact that right now, today, I'm okay and I'm enough. Like that's yes. the whole thing. But it's funny. And you've though, done because, a ton. You've done a know, ton with I, your I life and your existence. And that's what these big picture friends of ours that I always fucking resent it because they had no deep fire inside them. But now I'm realizing that fire burns you from the inside. And also their BPM for life is not my level. You know what I mean? I just, even if they are different, more man. about it or just different, yeah, different, different people. Yeah. But it's weird. Yeah. I expect that everybody's operating at the same level as me at all times. Same. And that's why I'm yeah. always so disappointed and I feel so let yeah. down and I'm not like, upset with the people necessarily but i'm like i thought we were on the same level but it's like no not fucking everybody's operating like this at all times yeah it's a crazy way to operate and like i think it comes back to like also this is why i self-medicated for so long because it's hard yeah. to operate at this level especially without yeah. the outputs that you need because you need to be creating and giving fucking birth constantly if you're operating yeah. at this level and other people don't <laughs> And like, essentially, you will just burn yourself alive if you well, don't realize that you're good. Well, and also like towards relationships. Like, I think it really just dawned on me like the other day, like really in earnest dawned on me, like all of my fucking navel gazing, all of like my narcissistic pursuits and narcissistic, like, you know, relentless self-analysis and self, all the things, dude what is that doing to my relationship? Like I yeah. need to be able to step it's, it's outside eating away of myself. Yeah. It's eating away at it because it's devouring me. And so like, how yeah. could I be able to show up in a real present way? If all I'm ever thinking about is how I'm not enough and how am I going to become yeah. enough and how am I going to achieve these things? Oh, by the way, I have to go in like 10 minutes cause I'm going to go into the why. I'll set the egg timer now. Set the egg timer. Ten, 10 seconds on the clock. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I forget. There was a bunch of No, I, I agree with what you're saying. You if, if, if you're emotionally drowning and you grab onto someone else, you're only going to pull them under. I, I mean, 100%. Right. And like, but the thing is, man, is like, you're still in LA. You're still in it. Like, yes, a whole world pandemic happened. And you're at the same the bomb volume. the whole time. Exactly. You're at the same volume, at the same velocity, at the same trajectory. And like you've made huge strides in it. So like, why oh, would you slow down? Why would you stop? Yeah. It would be crazy for me to leave right now. Fucking crazy. Honestly, I feel like I'm hitting my stride and like, well, how, why would I want to shake that up right now? You know, like, yeah, I have so much more clarity than I ever did. It would be nuts for me to leave. And again, I think about people in my life who've made like these big life changes during the pandemic and like to each their own, whatever, like I respect everybody's choice and decision. But I know that for me, if I had made some big fuck, like we were, you know, one, we were like, well, what if we moved to Asheville or what if we moved right. to Oregon coast or what if we moved to, you know, all these other places, dude, I would have woken up in fucking September, 2022 or October, 2022. Like right now where it feels like things are kind of normal again. And I would have been like, yeah. How the fuck did I get here? Where am yeah. I? And why am I here? And like, where's yeah. my, you know, where's my, where's my like tomato plants in my yard? Like whatever the fucking thing is. Why can't I walk to, you know, the, the, the dirtbag circle H and buy whatever, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I would have uprooted everything and been like, oh, shit, what the fuck did I do that for? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, And it works for people, I, mean, I think. No, and, and it would work for you. I mean, contrast is your addiction at the end of the day, you know, and you would have, you would totally figure it out. But at the same time, it's like, I totally agree. Like moving somewhere like the, the, you know, a complete other world, like you did, like maybe it does just take 11 years or whatever, 15 years to like establish that. And now you've done it, you know, and you just need to like, just go in and hit the home runs now. So, like, what's the point? Right. It would be crazy. What would be, be the point of leaving? Now. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like, I, I totally get it. But Well, and, like, all this, uh, all this introspection, like, all this reflection of, like, oh, yeah, I missed this because of this. Or, like, I, 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 I long for this because of this. It also allows me to be, like, oh, right, but I don't miss this you know, and yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want that, you know, like, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's still, it remains a weird time because I still am sort of in this limbo of like, yeah, I feel like I'm right. At, I feel like I'm on the fucking cusp, you know? Yeah, no, I, I get that. And, and I'm the same way. And coming back here for me has been about omission and about, honesty with myself the honesty that i've always wanted to have or the honesty i always said i could have or the you know sitting in my own bunker far away like it's been like when i have that opportunity someday i'm gonna be honest you know what i mean and now this is that time for me and it's like it's it's getting easier and easier just like you're saying like knowing that people like love me in the end you know what i mean and creating all these enemies with people who have like the most records of the past has been like totally. such a dark totally. way of handling it. But totally. every time I go and face a demon or a dragon or someone that I just think is an adversary of some kind, and I talk to them as a human now, you know, and realize their own humanity in this situation or their own desire or their own perspective of me, you know what I mean? I sort of am like, yeah. oh, fuck, like this is not what I thought it was, that my own narcissism is what created this huge Lord of the Rings trilogy about all the evil that's been in my life. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, yeah. it's not even there on that level. It's, it's not that scary. It's I'm more in control of my own desires and that like creatively, I think being these like suburban boys that we both were like, we just looked at so much stuff and wanted to like achieve all the things that we saw other people doing creatively. And I think yeah. that's like been really awesome. But at the same time, now I'm starting to realize like just relying on your own style and just being like, this is something I love versus this is who I am. This is something I love. This is something, this is who I am, you know, just sorting things yeah. more into those realities aesthetically, artistically, creatively has been like, so huge and then to bring that back here which is actually where all of it really came together and where it all became invented and discovered and desired yeah which then i went to new york to kind of put designer clothes on it and try and dress it up and get it a bunch of assistants and get it the biggest studio and the best talent and all these things and those things were horrible and none of those people wanted to let me in and i didn't have the same kind of 
emotional damage that all those people have. So I couldn't relate to them, you know, that right. now I'm like back here and everyone's sort of, I already speak this language and now I'm like making right. shit and I'm doing it exactly how I would have done it is like way cooler, but it, none of this could have happened before. You know what I mean? Because it's all New York people that are opening the doors in Philadelphia for me. Right. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't know. There's so much to say about what you said. Like, I think the people from my past, like, I, I always felt like everybody had all these fucking receipts, you know? And yeah. if I didn't do the right thing, all of a sudden, yeah. everybody would know all this dark shit about me and, like, yeah. all this shit. And, like, I let people, like, lord that over me, even though they yeah. didn't intend to lord anything over me. And even though, yeah. like, the receipts that I feared being revealed, like, over time, I've realized, oh, that shit never mattered. Like, none of that shit. And that's just, like, being young. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's yeah. just chalked up to being young. You're like, people do dumb shit when they're young. It's just because of trauma. Like, we just remember all of it. <laughs> right. And, like, the more that recently I've allowed some, like, more people back into my life and stuff, the more that yeah. I've realized, like, um, I was very well liked, you know, I yeah, was like, actually, yeah. like, nobody cares about any of that shit that I was so afraid that they Same. were, you know, so upset about. There was something else that you said that I was just thinking about, about going back and, oh, we don't have, you and I, the beauty about our relationship and the reason why we're so close is that we have the shorthand of growing up near each other. But we did not yeah. know each other until we were 18 or 19 or 20 or whatever it was. Totally. We have none of the childhood shit, but we have all the childhood shorthand. There's no expectation yeah. for me that you're ever going to be like, you know, that one time you did that thing when you were 12. And right. like in right. any right. way, I, I don't have to ever feel that way with you, you know? And like yeah, that's yeah. kind of the beauty, I think, of our relationship. No, I love the person I was when I met you. Exactly. I mean, look, I, don't, I, ha I have regrets about the person I was when I met you. Not about anything about a relationship. There are things I wish I could have done differently in no that way. era of my life. But goddamn, there's some good stories from that era. Um, I should go. I'm pulling into the YMC garage. I could get in this oh, sauna and sweat some of this shit out. So, man, I'm going to drop off film at a lab in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Maybe you could get, like, I heard there's a really good egg and cheese spot. Uh, I made another wrong turn. All right, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yo, peace, man. It was good catching up. I'll talk to you soon, man. Love you. Bye. Love. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Phone Calls with today's guest, Jason Rogers. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the show. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell your mother. Your mother loves vulgarity and introspection. Tell her. Tell her about the show. Tell your mother's friends about the show, too. Bet they'll like it. <laughs> My name is Nick Romolini, and thank you for listening to another episode of The, the Blank, Blank Page. Page. I will see you next Tuesday. Peace. Sometimes I think that I know what love's all about. See?